Welcome to Risk Ready, presented by the Private Risk Management Association. Welcome, everybody. This is Spencer Holden, the host of Insurance Thought Leaders Podcast, a Private Risk Management Association production. I'm so happy today to have on our show Dan Halsey, the president, Personal Lines at the Hanover Insurance Group. Dan joined the Hanover in 2009 as a Personal Lines chief financial officer. And four years later, he transitioned into a business P&L role leading the state management team. In April of 2017, he was appointed the president of Personal Lines and oversees all aspects of running this business. He brings extensive experience in leading and empowering talent, delivering business results and financial acumen to the organization. Prior to joining the Hanover, he spent six years at Liberty Mutual in leadership roles in M&A and Personal Lines Finance. And before that, before he went into the dark side of insurance, he worked in the financial services industry. Obviously, Dan, uh, extensive multi-decade experience in the personal lines arena, and we're really happy to have you here uh, to talk about personal lines and current climate. Yeah, thanks, Spencer. It's great great to be here with you today. Thank you. So you and I have had uh, many conversations in the past, and I, you are somebody I look up to as a thought leader. You, you study you know, trends, you study the, the sec- segment. I'd love to just start out by hearing, you know, blank paper, your perspective on the current market conditions and the challenges. It's, it's, it's nothing that any of us have really ever seen. I think the last hard market, some will say, is 1985. And so there's a very small percentage of current brokers who have seen a marketplace like this. So can you provide your perspective and, and when you what you think the future holds? Yeah, for sure. It's been it's been a crazy ride, right? A dynamic time in our industry for sure, where inflation and, and changing weather patterns have been driving up not only overall loss costs, but the associated reinsurance costs uh, that go along with it at a pace that we've, we've never seen before in the history of our industry. I mean, we go back 30 years, you can't find a single tier point. We couldn't find a single point that is anywhere close to this. Uh, as a result, you know, carriers have had to increase prices significantly. And in some cases, we're changing how we even think about risk sharing. Uh, so, you know, I, I feel like we talk about so many of these negative trends, but but there is something that I think, I, I think is important to talk about, especially when it comes to independent agents. I think now more than ever, customers need guidance, advice, consultation for sure from independent agents. You know this as well as anyone, right? Independent agents work for the customer and have their best interests in mind. Uh, When a customer speaks to someone on the direct side, uh, the person works for that direct writer. Independent agents offer choice. We actually believe this environment represents an opportunity for independent agents to reinforce to their clients the the unique value and expertise they bring, right? Customers have more questions than ever about why their price is going up, what's going on with these deductible changes, how do certain coverages apply? Uh, It's definitely coming up more and more. And we see that the best agents are thinking this through, right? So do their clients have enough coverage? Should they be increasing their cost sharing and, and how to reduce the chances of having a loss, which is really unique now in this environment? I think that's the opportunity that I hope we can kind of get into today, this idea how independents can showcase their frontline capabilities and bring even more value to carrier partners. You know, this goes beyond placing, right? The, the core job is to, re, to to write new business and to renew with customers. But 
customers trust their agents and that goes a long way, right? Your recommendations go a long way. So to the extent you're offering up advice on home maintenance recommendation, IOT sensors, loss mitigation devices, just in a great position to kind of counsel along the way. And, and honestly, the agents that do that well at this period of time, I we really believe strongly that they're going to be able to showcase that value, get a lot of really great referrals and just really, really bulletproof their book for the future. You know, I couldn't agree with you more. I think we all sit here and shake our head about the marketplace, but I had a situation earlier this year where a friend asked me to help their sister with a condominium in Florida placement, a complete pain in the neck. Um, and I, I helped out. I, I found a Lloyd's policy for her. Well, it turns out she ended up giving me a BOR on the rest of her business, which included a large home in DC and a place in Vermont. And I picked up $45,000 of premium. You know, it's an opportunity for us to speak to prospects and clients and, and touch base with them. So I agree with you. We should be looking at this as an opportunity. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you know, th throughout these podcast series, we've spent an awful lot of time talking about wildfire and wind in California and Florida and Texas, but we really haven't hit on interior water and uh, non-weather related water. And I did notice as a, as a handover broker that you really have made a push uh, with your marketing material to talk about water damage prevention. And I'd love to hit on that a little bit if if we could. I know that it still continues to be a major, major loss leader for the industry. Uh, to what degree do you see interior water as a, an issue in our space? Yes, it is a major peril and it's one that's not discussed enough, right? It's, it doesn't get newspaper clippings out of it. You know, non-weather water is one of the most common claims and as many of your listeners know, it's even more prevalent for larger homes, right? Non-weather losses make up over a third of homeowners' claims. Industry-wide, water damage claims are five times more likely than theft and 13 times more likely than fire. Uh, and, and in homes today, if you just think about how many more sources of water we have than, than not, you know, a couple decades ago, we've got second, second floor laundry rooms, we've got multiple bathrooms, We've got kitchens with multiple dishwashers, wet bars, ice makers, you name it. Um, we're also seeing a, in another trend along the lines here, which is new home buyers. Um, we're seeing even more non-weather water losses. It's very common. And this isn't like new to owning home, just, just simply new to that home, right? You don't really know the home that well when you first move in. And, and during COVID and after COVID, there's been a lot of people selling and buying new houses and relocating and so forth. And that's actually been an interesting trend to keep an eye on. You might not notice the noise of a leaky toilet to, in a new home. You might not know the last time your AC unit was serviced, which people don't even think of the water associated with that, um, which rooms are best insulator and so forth. So, and, and finally, one of the things that we've seen is Many times when a major pipe breaks and there's water inside the four walls, they don't even know where their main shutoff valve is. Uh, that's exactly correct. And I learned that a few years ago and then went hunting through my house of 20 years to find it because I didn't have any idea. Oh, see? See, even <laughs> after 20 years, it can happen. <laughs> so we talked a little bit uh, earlier about the value of an independent agent and, and our ability to really show show clients why we exist and you know prma is built around risk management and i feel strongly that an agent a broker is not really there to sell a policy they're really there to to risk manage and then have the policy to back up if it fails what are your thoughts or what can we do as 
advisors to educate our clients on making their home more resilient to non-weather water damage. Yeah, I, I love this question. One of the positives about non-weather water is there are actionable steps clients can take to reduce the risk of a loss because it's something, like you said, is contained within the four walls of their home. It, it's not mother nature. It isn't just some random act of mother nature. So we've got devices such as water sensors, uh, and they can be placed in various spots around the home that are susceptible to a loss, like under a sink or a dishwasher or by washing machines. The benefit is they are do-it-yourself, and they alert you once they get wet. They're usually a, an app to your, to your phone and so that you can get a, an indicator. But someone still needs to be there to turn off the water or, or fix the issue. So that's where the next one, the next level comes in. This, this automatic water shutoff devices come in as a solution. It solves more broadly for losses, such as burst pipes, because it not only detects an issue and alerts you, but actually shuts the water off to help prevent further damage. And even if no one is home, this is that's that next level, right? This is this is huge when you're say you're on vacation or you have a vacation home or a seasonal home to be able to have that automatically shut off and not just have water flowing through your house. The challenge is how do you gain adoption of these devices more broadly? And, and we we believe wholeheartedly that agents play a huge role in helping us increase the adoption of these devices. Being informed and confident, and so you can coach your clients on the range of devices that are available and the local vendors that can assist you with a purchase and installation is huge. Uh, we set out to do our own research to understand more on this, and our findings are out in our home water damage prevention report that you mentioned previously. You know, we pulled customers to gauge their use of safety devices and how familiar they are with water sensors and shutoff devices. And some pretty eye-opening findings, honestly. You know, first, there was no surprise. Many people have smoke detectors, fire or burglar alarms, security cameras, and those with higher income homes are, have even higher adoption of these things. But only 17% had water sensors. And that number was only 22% for high-income individuals, which was the lowest of all safety devices that we, that we researched here. Even though it's, like I mentioned, way more likely to have a water loss than a fire or a burglary. And when we ask people how familiar they are with these devices, it was clear there's a huge education opportunity too. Over 60% were not even familiar that water sensors or shutoff devices existed. I don't know about you, but I, I feel like even it's, I'm a public service announcement. Every time I'm with friends and so forth, I'm asking them about this. And, and they look, oftentimes look at, back at me with a blank stare, like they didn't even know those things existed. And these are people with phones to, to dim the lights. You know, you know, everything's IoT now and people are, are doing their thermostats and uh, their lights in their rooms and so forth. Yet they, they don't have shutoff valves and or sensors for water damage. Well, and it really isn't that expensive. It's gotten, it's gotten much cheaper. There's a lot of competition. I had a client recently that was required to put one in their co-op in New York City, and they ended up not putting in a water shut-off device because that was very difficult, but just put in water bugs. And it was a $1,000 installation. And the underwriter was happy. They got a nice credit. You know, I think, um, and we, we talked a little bit about this with telematics in a recent podcast, I think brokers do a poor job of educating their clients on some of these things. And I'm guilty of it. I didn't talk about what are shutoff valves for the longest time. I saw them as a huge inconvenience when it was a requirement. 
And now I've been speaking to clients about it and they're thanking me. I, I totally blew it. Um, we are risk managers and clients want to know about this stuff. They don't want a loss. They want to make their homes resilient. And as a broker community, we need to do a better job of having a conversation. You know, even if it's not about the water shutoff valve, even if it's as simple as telling them to go find where their valve is. And when you go away for a yeah. week, just turn off your water. It's yeah. not, it's a, it's a two second process. Um, but I, I agree with you. There's, there's a lot of work to do. The, the technology in this area has become you know, much cheaper. And I, I find as though most plumbers now understand how to install them in the old days, we had to find somebody that, that did it. But can you speak, um, you know, any further about the role that we need to play or, or the carrier, yeah. needs to play, quite frankly, I mean, how, how do we do this together? Yeah. To- great, great, great point. I also reference back to your point on the um, telematics, wildly different than that, right? This is this is something to your point. People invest in their homes and, and, and they want to make sure that losses don't happen, right? So learn some other stuff when we did that, that report. Top three reasons to help encourage people to install devices. One is discounts on the policy. Two, ease of installation, which is what you just mentioned. And then recommendation from a professional, somebody that actually does what you just said. You're in a position, you understand, you've seen, you've had many clients have losses and you can kind of counsel through that. The good news is the first piece is already in good shape. Many carriers like us offer discounts for these devices. So as an industry, we just have to wrap our head around, like, how do we make it less intimidating and as easy as possible for clients? How do we make water sensors the new smoke detectors, right? That, that's our goal here. On our end, we're approaching this in a few ways. Our independent independent agents are a critical piece of this. First, create awareness, right? Water is invasive, as we were talking about. It gets into everything. When a homeowner needs to live somewhere else due to a water claim, and they're typically out of their house three to six months on average, it's a miserable experience. Just imagine the disruption that would happen, you know, over those three to six months, whether you have kids or not kids, it's it's very disruptive to be out of your home for that long a time. And then there's what you lose, not just your stuff, but those irreplaceable sentimental items that someone may keep stored in their basement or, or, or in a closet somewhere that just gets water running through it. Independence can help paint that picture for their customer and understand the full risk, really walk them through that experience of when a claim happens and, and how damaging the water can be. Then once a customer's bought in, where do they start? How do they know which device is right for their home? So again, on the carrier side, we're supporting agents and customers with our partners in protection. Uh, we've been focusing on finding partners who offer solutions to help with non-weather water. But we also have pr- plenty of home security partners in there and other services as well. In order to best support our agents, we've made partners in protection available publicly. Just go to Hanover.com backslash partners dash protection. It's a resource for agents to use with all their customers, not just Hanover Insurance. It just gives you good, good partners out there that you can kind of refer your clients to. One last thing I want to call out as part of Prestige, we also have our dedicated risk consultants who during their home evaluation will talk customers about these devices and talk them through how to install them, which ones are best and so forth. And we find that to be a really positive experience for potential clients just to really feel like they had a full review of their home and they have a better handle on the things they can do to kind of mitigate losses. 
or the risk of the loss down the road. We know customers invest in their homes, and we honestly believe that just giving some guidance, they're going to to everything you were just saying. They want to protect their homes, and they're going to take the actions that it will take to to just make sure that the loss doesn't happen. Nobody wants a loss. Is there, and I don't know the answer to this, so I'm not leading you. Is there any talk about code requiring them in the future? It's such an easy install with new construction. Yes. Obviously, just like everything in our industry, it is very much state-specific. And even within states, there are there are geographies, micro-geographies that focus on this, similar to all the different building standards that have happened on the coast. Uh, it is becoming more and more uh, talked about in various forms, for sure. I, I, we do see that it's going to be a help driving force, but not quite like the idea of fire, you know, when you were... When you, Kids went to elementary school and they learned how to exit a house in a time of fire and make sure to test all your batteries and, and firemen would come to your house. Uh, that, that level, probably not so much, but definitely in building codes uh, around the country. Well, the industry is certainly pushing it. I feel as though you know, 75% of my new submissions come with a requirement that they install a water shutoff before we bind coverage. So I, yeah. I think we're going to get there as a uh, more common. Maybe. Yeah, I, I think our industry can be the driving force behind that. Yeah. Diane, are you in the production booth? I am. Uh, Diane Delane, Executive Director, PRMA. Do you have a water shutoff device in your home? I do have one in my home. Actually, I knew that. You want to tell your story? Did you ever use it? I think you might have. I did a couple times. Uh, but just like you said, I mean, just the convenience of in the middle of the night, we did have a pipe rupture. Uh, I did not have it in away mode, but my water will shut off after 23 minutes. So it was 23 minutes of water flow in the home. And then the leak detection system shut it off. And while it did cause some minor damage in the house, uh, it probably could have been massive because it was about four hours from the time the pipe ruptured in the middle of the night to when I woke up and would have caught it. Uh, you know, and it goes to Dan's point about just the convenience alone. I can probably guarantee with four hours of water flow, we would have been displaced from the home for the renovations to happen. And with two young kids and a dog, not exactly all that convenient. Uh, but now it really is just that peace of mind, because if we leave for vacation and we forget to turn the water off, it doesn't matter because we just pull up the app on our phone. We click it off. We know the house cleaners are coming. We turn it back on, turn it right back off. Um, so I am, and Dan, I'm one of those people at neighbor's barbecues where I am trying to show them the leak detection system on my phone. And they're just, they're not as excited about it as I am, but slowly, but surely we're selling them. <laughs> we now know why you don't get invited to any more family. Yeah, that's right. so now I, know. <laughs> it, I do have a device as well. And one of the things that I like about it is in the middle of the night, it just checks for small leaks, uh, does a leak detection. And my son went off to college. He lives in a different uh, part of the home that I don't go to very often. And his toilet was running. I didn't even know it. Um, and all of a sudden, it told me that somewhere water was running. And um, so I went and found the running toilet. But uh, they're great. And I think they pay for themselves pretty quickly, even just in the, the insurance premium credits. So um, remember, you just reminded me of uh, when you mentioned the toilet this past weekend, I had a text from a friend of mine that went to their basement and found you know, an inch of water and the and it was they went away for two days and their first floor toilet had a leak and was running and they came home and what do I you know what do I do and first first we mitigate it and then we talk about going forward sensors will be a great option for you yeah 
yeah they are and I this is my opinion it could be wrong I, I just feel like plumbing parts aren't built like they used to either um and I, I feel as though there's a lot of corners that are probably cut in the quality of the materials that are being installed behind those walls as I just don't remember this as a kid having so many problems with plumbing the houses weren't, weren't nearly as complex as they are today especially a high value like I said I mean there's just so much going on they're very very complex and there's a lot that, that might not even be front of mind but are real risks no you're you're right we didn't used to put the the washing machine on the second floor it was in the right. basement that's right and your basin wasn't finished right so if it, so if it flooded oh well you know you kind of get a sump pump in there or a dehumidifier and and it was cinder block and now people have beautiful uh finished basements and, and movie theaters and, and entertaining space so it's, it's different it is it is different uh dan i am a proud broker of the hanover insurance group I have been to your home office. I love the look of it. Hanover's been around forever, um, but you're not in every state. And this podcast is broadcast globally. Well, we would like to think so, Diane, right? All right, at least across the country. I'm sure we've had a listener somewhere in the world other than the US, I don't know. Um, but not everybody knows Hanover and they don't know that you're in the affluent space. And we're certainly at a time period where market availability is is under siege and i think you have a great story i think you have a different value proposition do you want to talk a little bit about hanover and and what you're bringing to the mass affluent in the high network space yeah thanks for teeing me up yeah first and foremost we distribute exclusively through independent agents that is the sole and only way we distribute our products and as such we invest in capability services and products that are aligned to where our independents add the most value. I mean, we're always thinking about where independent agents are going to be the most successful, specifically clients with property and more complex insurance needs, kind of the examples we were giving today. Those that seek advice and consultation of a trusted advisor, like an independent agent. For Prestige, our high value product, we aim to be our agent's carrier of choice for those preferred accounts in the 750K to $3 million coverage A range. We see this mass affluent market as a segment where independent agents can have a dominant competitive differentiation against the directs and captives that may have underwriting appetite that encroaches on this space, but they typically lack the product and services to back it up. We design prestige to help our agents win in the mass affluent segment, right? These customers want comprehensive coverage. They want flexibility and choice, and that's what we offer up. We have a 20-state personal lines footprint, predominantly on the eastern part of the country. Um, and in each state, we work with our agents around access to our full product suite of, of account offering. Hanover Prestige, combined with that commitment to the independent agents, aligns beautifully, we believe, to that 750 to $3 million range. You know, add to this, we have knowledgeable, dedicated underwriters. You don't call into a call center. You have a, a dedicated underwriter when you work with Hanover. We have, like I said, a flexible and comprehensive product suite. We have professional Hanover employee risk advisors. I mentioned those as well that kind of go and give an evaluation in most of our geographies. And we really do have a track record of exceptional claim service. And we have invested heavily on the technology that uh, 
goes between the carrier and our agent. So we really do have ease of use technology out there where we keep building uh, self-service capabilities every single year. So for us, we see it as a win-win-win, right? A win for Hanover, a win for our agency partners, and a win for a prestige client. And you're fully open in California and Florida, correct? <laughs> I loved how you opened it up with the wildfires and you were saying Texas, Florida, and California, the three states we're not in. And, and as you can imagine, we're not clamoring to, to get into them. Uh, probably, probably not. Ben Halsey, Hanover Insurance, thanks for being with us today. Thanks so much, Spencer. Thank you for joining us today for the Risk Ready Podcast. We encourage you to subscribe, download, and review our podcast. Until the next time, stay risk ready.